some kitchen table talk. Also, a friend of mine was the victim of a hate crime. We're going to talk about that. And tomorrow is my birthday, which brings up the conversation of birthdays. Uh, we're going to talk about those. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Crowcast. I am Corel. So very glad you are joining me. It's Monday. Hi, Miss Ember. It is Monday, which means a kitchen table talk. Uh, we are going to be here at my kitchen table, uh, where a lot of you experience your life as well, particularly on Monday mornings. You know, you sit down. Maybe you've ignored the news for the weekend. Uh, you know, maybe you're just getting into the vibe. Maybe Monday is your Friday, and so you're starting to relax. But we are going to talk here at my kitchen table and do some kitchen table talk. Uh, and I have to tell you, uh, the, there's going to be some personal part of the show later as well. So you might want to stick around for that, those of you that are longtime fans. Um, so the new polls are out uh, in the battleground states. And a lot of you heard them. And you, you just you question your reality. You question your sanity. As you sit here at your kitchen table trying to make sense of the world this week and figure out what's going on with your family, what's going on with you, what's going on with finances, I just spent $82 to fill up uh, my Lexus 2001 Lexus RX350 that Steve gave me a while ago. That'll be for the month. I won't be able to use more than a tank. But still, almost $100. You know, that's the stuff you bring to the kitchen table with you, you know? And so the polls have got you scratching your head this morning at the kitchen table. You're like, I don't get it. You know, the man's on trial. He is going to be convicted of some of these crimes. He is an obvious felon uh, and just a bad president, just not a good candidate. So how is he ahead in the polls? I know that's what you're thinking, you know, because believe me, it boggles my mind as well, okay? It does. How could anybody, no matter how ignorant, no matter how much they say they love America when they really hate it, how could anybody at this point vote for this man? And, you know, I've always said I wish I could get some of what he's got because he certainly knows how to fool a large amount of people. Now, my first response is, it is a year away from the election. So polls one year out, they, they really don't mean much. A year before the election, Barack Obama was not even polling. You know, at the same with Donald Trump, a year before the election where he won, he wasn't even polling, you know, in the polls. And so a year out, who can say? I will say the Democrats are doing everything they can in their power to lose. And as I sit here doing my kitchen table talk with you, uh, first of all, they're running a candidate that is too old. And Trump's no younger. I'm not condoning his candidacy. I'm just saying that Biden should have stepped aside. And he is being selfish. He should have stepped aside, let Gavin Newsom step in, let the games begin. But no. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, a lot of Americans are not down 
with blindly siding with Israel now that they see all the pain and suffering that Israel is inflicting on Gaza and the Palestinians. And everyone's calling for a humanitarian pause, which is a ceasefire. And there are many Americans that want Biden to call for a ceasefire. Now, I don't know if he should or shouldn't, okay? I'm, I'm not a Middle East expert. I have talked to many. There are various opinions. Bernie Sanders feels that there should be no ceasefire, that they have hostages. They want the eradication of Israel. So why do a ceasefire? There are others like Hillary Clinton that basically say the same thing, that until Hamas is wiped out, Egypt, or I'm sorry, Israel should continue their campaign. So people that really know about this stuff, I'm listening to what they say. Many of them say a humanitarian pause must happen. Uh, Others say, no, Israel should keep going until Hamas is wiped out. Uh, I don't think they can wipe Hamas out, by the way. But that's, you know. So Biden's actions over the next year will really dictate how many people show up to vote for him. And unfortunately, Americans do not always vote in their best interest. In fact, they often vote against it. Now, Donald Trump might go to jail over the next year. How that really will affect the election, I don't know. We have yet to see. We have yet to see if the judges actually sentence him to jail time, even if he's found guilty. We, we, there's so many unknowns. So as you're sitting here at the kitchen table, feeling bewildered, starting your week going, are you freaking kidding me? You know, like, we have to go through this all over again? So can't we ever just be rid of the guy? Just know that it is a year out. And that polls at this time are not really that reliable. Also, who are they polling? Registered voters who voted for Donald Trump in the last election? I mean, there's no way a Democrat would ever switch their vote away from Joe Biden to Donald Trump. That's not going to happen. Will they stay home? Maybe. You know, but I'm telling you, no Democrat is going to switch their vote for Trump. And I doubt that independents that went for Trump before would go for him again. He is damaged goods. So who are they polling exactly? And how are they getting their data? So it's a year out. The media is going to run with this. Trump's going to campaign off of it. But you know what? At your kitchen table, I think you should be more worried about the broader picture. And that is that the GOP, the enemy of the people, the EOP, still exist. And that they may make gains in the next election in the House or in the Senate. And every one of them is an evil person. Every one of that party. It doesn't mean Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I don't want to say the least of our worries, but Donald Trump is only a part of our worries when it comes to the EOP, the enemy of the people party. Unless the people see fit to give a Democratic majority in the House and the Senate, we're going to have another four years where nothing gets done. And if they give a Republican majority in the House and Senate, then we're going to see four years where nothing gets done but dismantling of our country. 
And yes, the downfall of our democracy. It will be over at that point. So if Trump wins and the, Demo- and the Republicans cont- uh, control the House and Senate, we're done. And I'm not being overly dramatic. The America that you want, that you knew, that you cherished is over. And what you should be thinking about at your kitchen table, as we do kitchen table talk here, is what am I really going to do if that happens? Am I going to stay? Do I have a choice? If I stay, where is it going to be? A red state, a blue state, a purple state? Because if he wins, and if Republicans make gains, it's going to be a very hateful nation, a very violent nation. He has threatened to deploy military to arrest people that oppose him. It will be like living under Nazi Germany. It will be like the Reichstag. The GOP will become the Reichstag. And I'm not, that's not hyperbole. They've outlined it really well in their plan. Look at this Speaker of the House who feels that I'm an abomination, that I should be have the gay prayed out of me. I think he's gay himself, but I mean, this, this is an evangelical evil person who should be nowhere near government. He's the third most important person in government. So as you sit at your kitchen table, worry less about the polls and worry more about what are you going to do If the EOP gains power again, what will your reaction be? How will it affect your life? You won't like the answer, so you might want to start planning for if that happens. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corel Cast, driving you home or driving you crazy. Welcome back to Kitchen Table Talk. We're at my dining table, my kitchen table uh, here at Maison Boulet. Uh, the day before my birthday, the day before I turned 61. Sibylle, thank you so much for that fabulously comfortable throw that you sent. Nancy, thank you for your lovely card uh, and your gift inside. Randy Radar, thank you for your very generous birth- birthday gift. Uh, people have been PayPaling me at paypal.me forward slash really Corel. Uh, people have been sending stuff in the mail, cards, beautiful cards. I've got several cards here. Uh, gorgeous card. I think this is from Nancy Childs. And then Sibylle's card. And Sibylle took this wonderful photo of this pumpkin. It's fabulous. Uh, a few other cards that have come. My insurance broker who sent me, uh, you know, vegan brownies. Or I've sent me brownies that weren't vegan. And he does every year. And every year I call him and say, that's very sweet that you, your computer does this or whatever. But I'm a vegan, so I can't eat the brownies that you send. And he still sends them. Uh, So I gave them away again to a neighbor. Um, So yesterday, Sunday, I found out that my friend Sean and his husband Aldo in the city of Long Beach, very pro-gay city, had a hate crime perpetrated. Someone tore down the 
the uh, uh, pride flag from their porch and wrote faggot on their fence, spray painted faggot uh, with an S, faggots. So they know there's a couple that live there. Uh, So they woke up to find their pride flag gone and their fence had the word faggot written on it. Again, in Long Beach, you know, not, you know, Riverside or Barstow, but Long Beach, not Pahrump. And as Sean and I were talking, again, I brought up what we were talking about in the first segment here at my kitchen table, because this is my kitchen table talk. This is what we've been talking about. The fact is, if Trump gets in again and Republicans make gains, gay people, minorities and others really should start considering, like honestly, really considering leaving the USA. It will be a very dangerous place to live. I know I've lived in a USA like that before under Reagan and such, and we died in record numbers. And so he and his lover are going to Bangkok this week with another couple for recon to see if Thailand is a place they'd want to live. Japan is also on their short list. And they have made it clear that if Trump regains power and the Republicans make gains, that they're leaving. They will get new jobs and they will go. And, you know, I feel trapped here. Uh, because I don't have enough resources. They're two incomes. They've got savings. They have a house worth a lot of money now. Their house is probably worth eight or nine hundred, and they bought it for like two or three. So they're going to have resources. I don't. Not like that. So, you know, in my first comment about you need to be at your kitchen table actually talking with your family about what you're going to really do if this happens, For most of us, the sad reality is we'll be trapped. We will live in a dangerous, backwards nation. We won't like it. We won't want to. But we won't have many other options. And that's sad. Because I almost think I'd I'd rather be poor in Canada or in Spain or France than be comfortable here in America if this happens, because every time I go out of the house, I mean, this is Long Beach. You all, I don't know that you can imagine because most of you are not gay or lesbian and most of you are not black. (laughs) So I don't know that most of you can imagine what it's like to wake up, to open your front door and see that someone has come onto your property, onto your porch and taken a pride flag and ripped it down and shredded it up, and then wrote the word faggots on your fence. I don't know if you know how dangerous that feels, how violated you feel. I've had this happen. I've had die of AIDS written on my garage, A-I-D-E-S, when I lived in Long Beach, when the Joe the Plumber thing was happening. So I know how it's scary. It is downright scary to know that someone with that much hatred in their heart was right there on your porch, right there in your front yard. You know, Jews all over the world are saying, you know, look, they're painting stars of David's on Jewish businesses and stuff again. It's happening just like the Holocaust. Well, you know what? It's been happening to gays all along. 
all along. And it happened to two very dear friends of mine yesterday. The police are, you know, taking it seriously. They're trying to get ring footage from the neighborhood, etc. And maybe these people will be caught. But, you know, there's 20 more where they came from. Hatred is growing in this country. It's a commodity now. And the EOP, the Enemy of the People Party, which is the GOP, they love this kind. The Speaker of the House condones what happened to my friends yesterday. To him, there's no crime there. And so on this kitchen table talk, I'm sitting around my kitchen table and I'm worried. I'm worried for myself. I'm worried for my friends on this Monday. I'm worried for you. I'm worried for all of us that a group of people, 60 or 70 million Americans, may end up literally destroying everything that we've built in the 60 years that I've been, 61 tomorrow, that I have been alive. I'm worried that we won't win the battle at this time, that the, the battle for equality and the battle for fairness will be lost. It's being lost every day. When in Long Beach, California, you have this kind of hate crime, then what's that say about the poor gays living out in, you know, Emeryville or where I would say Salinas, but Salinas is now the seventh most expensive city to live in. In Northern California, Salinas, Salinas, which was a, a dump, it was a pit you know, for decades, it's now, the, the median home price of Salinas is now $800,000. How are farm workers affording that? You know, I, I just, that was something. But what does that say about gays in Salinas? You know, if in Long Beach there's hate crimes going on, what's it like there in a central California, you know, agriculture town? I worry. I'm worried at this kitchen table right now. I'm worried. I'm worried that even though the polls are a year out, that the Democrats aren't running a strong enough candidate. I'm worried that the enemies of the people may gain party members in the Congress, the House and Senate. I'm worried about the violence being perpetrated against women, against gays, against blacks all over again. It's happening all over again. I'm worried that we seem almost powerless against it because our, our lawmakers and the people on the right side of the issues aren't really doing what they should be doing, expelling the members of Congress that engaged in sedition. It's taking forever for Trump to be found guilty of anything. So I worry that justice has taken too long, that we didn't squelch them the first year Biden was in office, he didn't come in with a flaming sword and vanquish all that participated in the big lie. They all still have their jobs. And for the last four years, three and a half years, they've been eroding Joe Biden's presidency through the media. And now we have Trump polling ahead and we have hate crimes going on against gays all over the place including against my two friends, Sean and Aldo, in Long Beach, California, where they had the word faggot written on their fence and their pride flag destroyed. Not 
in the dark ages, but just yesterday, Sunday, Saturday night, I guess it would have been. You know, it scares me when I hear these things. It makes me feel less safe here in Nevada, in Las Vegas, when I hear about Sean and Aldo in Long Beach, a city far more progressive than Las Vegas, in a state far more progressive than Nevada. All right, when we come back, I'm going to talk birthday. Mine tomorrow. Well, today is probably. <laughs> oh, I could be aged. I'm aging right in front of you. Oh, my God. If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K A R E L.com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. You know, um, Ed Sheeran has a new album, and on it, there's a song, Another Birthday, Another Birthday Alone, la-da-da. <laughs> and today, when I walked in from lunch, um, I thought to myself, that's going to be me tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, you know, I'm a real stickler about birthdays. Are you? I think birthdays are the most important holiday for any person, more than Christmas, more than New Year's. I think a birthday, your birthday, is your most important holiday. It's, it's, more, it's more important than the Halloween, Valentine's Day. I look at birthdays as a New Year's Eve. My birthday is like New Year's for me. It's where I make my resolutions to change. It's where I try to take stock. It's where I try. I don't, I, New Year's Eve is not where I do that. It's my birthday because that's the start of another year for me. And it's the start of another year for you. I'm also a stickler about days. My father's birthday was yesterday, the 5th. He would have been 93. He died at 59. My, uh, my birthday is the 7th, tomorrow. We used to celebrate either on my dad's or the 6th, which I hate it. Uh, and I feel that no matter what day your birthday is, you should celebrate. Not the weekend before, not the weekend after. Yes, you can celebrate. You can have a whole month. I think you should have a whole month, but the actual celebration should be on your day. And that's because people go through so much for the fictional birth of Jesus. They take time off from work. They do. You know what? If they can do all that for the fictional birth of a deity that most of them don't even believe in, or for the changing of a calendar day from December 31st to January 1st, it's a holiday, all kinds of, if, if all of your friends can do that, then they should be able to handle one day a year to celebrate your birthday. No matter, even if it has to be done later in the evening, at lunchtime, whatever. So since moving to Vegas, I've become very isolated. And I've been down on my case this last week really rough, like hard. Like I've been talking to myself, and if you heard how I've been talking to myself, you wouldn't like it. Because 
I, you know, I've been having some weird, like, uh, like a headache just recurring. And I had an ocular migraine, a scintillating scotoma. I've had them before. It's why I knew what it was. But one of your eyes freaks out. And you get squigglies and, and you get like a, it's, it's an ocular migraine. And it could be related to migraines, but I've never been diagnosed with migraines. And I don't really think I've ever had one. Although the last week my friend said, oh, you have a migraine because I had a headache for like three days and it was kind of nauseous. And they're like, oh, you have a migraine. So I'll see. I'll ask my doctor if maybe I'm having them. But I said to myself while I was out one day, why do you even care if you live? All you do is get up, have a wonderful breakfast with Ember, work out, go to the park, see your friends at the park and exercise, come home three days a week, squeeze in a show, and then the rest of your time, you spend worrying about your health and embers, like all day, every day. That's all you worry about. The next doctor, the next this, the next illness. Oh, do I have a brain tumor? Do I have cancer? Do I have throat cancer? Do I have this? Do I have that? And I said, that's just no way to live. And I don't live that way when I'm surrounded by people or when I'm involved in projects or whatever. So I said, you've got to make some changes in the next year. You do. And moving might, you know, but the market... That's the other, you know, like the housing market is screwed. So tomorrow, my birthday, there's a very real chance that I will be alone for most of the day, that no one will take me to lunch because I only have a very few friends here. Steve works and um, Sabby and my friend, his girlfriend, Didi, they work. Heath and Laura, they work. And so, you know, everybody works and I'm not a late night person, so if we were going to do dinner, it would have to be around 6 or 6.30 or I just wouldn't really want to do it. And that's right after work. And so a lot of them, you know. Now, I could plan a gathering, but every year I have to plan my own thing and I usually go out of pocket for my own birthday. And this year I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. Someone else should, you know, want to do something for me. Nobody did. No one planned anything. No one's planned dinner. Not even Steve hasn't said, oh, well, Tuesday, let's do. Nope. Nothing. No one. I've had a few people say, oh, well, if you do something, let me know. I don't want you to be alone. But, you know, they didn't plan anything. So I did the pity party of one. And I remembered Andrew saying one year that when I was let down because only Emily Johnson, Dan Zamora, and he attended my birthday because it was midweek. And Andrew said to me someday, someday you'll miss just what, you know, these people that you'd be grateful to have them. And I told Andy yesterday, I said, oh my God, you were so profound for a young gay guy. Cause he's right. I'd love it if tomorrow Emily Johnson and Dan Zamora were here. And of course him, I'll have Ember. And I realized that one day I'll look back and miss just a birthday with Ember. So I'm not ungrateful, and I'm very grateful to Randy and to Sibylle and to Nancy and to others who have sent me things. It's not that I'm ungrateful, but I am let down, I must say. None of my Long Beach friends said, oh, I'll fly up to Vegas this weekend. Daniel Charleston didn't come up this weekend. He could have. He's not doing anything down there He couldn't, uh, you know, that he couldn't get away from. He's not like in a gig or anything. My friend Hannah could have come up for the weekend. She certainly got the money. Friends of mine could have come up for this weekend to celebrate my birthday, and none of them even thought to. So yeah, I feel let down, but I feel motivated. Motivated to recreate a family. I, I create families. I need to create a new one. 
I need to get involved in projects and shows and things that help me create a new family because I don't like being alone on my birthday. And tomorrow will be, I'll feel a little bad. And you shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't. And I know you're like, well, Carell, you shouldn't feel bad. You you know, you got your house, you've got food. You've got, yes, I'm grateful for all of that, but it's my freaking birthday. You're, you're talking to a guy that's had parties with over 100 people at it. You know, that's how I normally celebrate my birthday, big gatherings. Even last year for 60, there were 15 people here in Vegas. This year, none. <laughs> I should have spaced it out. So how are you with birthdays? Could you care less? Do you, do you care if people celebrate you or do you just like just another day? How are you with birthdays? Birthdays are really important to me. Your birthday. I make a big deal about every one of my friends' birthdays. Every one of them. No matter what day of the week they're on. Like if, no matter what day Steve's birthday is, we go to a nice dinner. No matter what day of the week, whatever, we, we do something. And I get him a present. I used to get lots of presents. I've, I've, gotten, I've gotten two from listeners. Three from listeners. As for my... Oh, and Daniel Charleston sent me face paint. Well, I am Carell. The next time I talk to you, I'll be 61 years old. Oh, dear God. Be who you want to be so long it doesn't hurt anybody. Oh, my God. How does that sound? I'm 60 now. I'll be 61 the next time we talk. Hey, it's Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash really Carell. That's patreon.com forward slash really Carell. My website is really and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Carell. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.